Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Uh, Hey, I'm excited. We are in week two of our series, Good with money. And we said last week, you know, this is especially a time when a lot of us look at our our finances, look at what's going on in our economy and say, it would be good (laughs) to be good with money. You know what I'm saying? Like we all kind of look at our lives and say, man, I wish I was good with money. And in fact, it's kind of funny. I'll hear people say things like that, you know. Well, man, you know, gosh, I, I, I wish I was better with money. I wish I was good with money. You know, I wish I was like so-and-so. They're really good with money. Or, you know, man, I wish I had rich parents like they have because, you know, they explain how all this money stuff works. And if I had better parents, then I would, I'd be good with money. But you know what? I'm just not good with money. And, you know, okay, I can understand saying that if we were talking about athletics, you know, because some people, they're just, you know, they're not good with sports. You know, like they got two left feet. They're not coordinated. I can understand somebody saying, I'm not good with sports. I can understand someone saying, you know, I'm not good with my hands. You know, I'm not mechanically inclined. You know, I can't really build stuff. You know, it doesn't matter what I do. I always, I measure twice. I cut once. And somehow I cut three extension cords in the process every time. It's just me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Help me at the next work day. A little plug there. Um, <laughs> I wish I could be good with money, but I'm just not good with money. Now, here's the thing. I think everyone can be good with money. Everyone has the ability to be good with money. But what happens so many times is we get in our head, well, you know, to be good with money means I have to be good with math and interest rates. And I got to know about the NASDAQ and the S&P and the, the QVC and all those things. Okay. I'm old. You're all like, what is QVC? It used to be you go on TV and you could order things. Never mind. Okay. Ask your parents. They'll tell you. Bad joke. But uh, you know, we say I, I, we say something. If I could just do these things, then I would be good with money. I, it's all about math. And, and, but here's the thing. If you can do fourth grade math, you can be good with money. Because here's the thing. I think so many times we overcomplicate it. You know what I'm saying? We make it about things that it's not. Here's the thing. Being good with money is more about making decisions than it is about moving decimals. Being good with, with money, it's more about the decisions we make than, than moving decimals around and being good at math and, and understanding all the nuances of a personal finance. And so here's the thing. This morning, I want to jump in. And if you have a Bible, you can turn to Proverbs uh, chapter 22. And say we're going to talk about how to give yourself a raise. Okay, and so you're like, wow, okay, this is good. You know what? It's Labor Day weekend. I could have been at the lake, but I came to church. Pastor's going to tell me how to get a raise. Okay, here's how we're going to do it. After service today, I'm going to have dinner at my house. You're all invited, okay? And we're just going to spend a little time. I've got this great program. You just got to tell five of your friends. No. It's not what we're doing here. Don't worry. You're not going to be, you know, peddling pots and pans and oils and, and selling knives, which I got to say, you know, if you've seen those, those Ginsu knives people try to go and sell, well, I, I don't know what it is that people think at 3 in the morning, you know what I really need? I need a set of knives that can cut through a penny. That would make my life better. You know, anyhow, we're, we're, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? How to give ourselves, because let's be honest, we could, I think a lot of us would say, 
It would be nice to get a raise, wouldn't it? Like, like got some car repairs. Anybody here got some car repairs, some, some things you got to fix in your house? Maybe you got a honeydew list. It would be nice to have a raise to fix some of those things. Your kids need some stuff. You know, maybe there's just something you, nice and new that you want to buy. Like, like you had your eye on something and you'd like to get that. It would be nice to have a raise. Well, in our culture, there's really only a couple ways to raise your level of of income, to raise your standard of living. And one is to work really hard. You know, you come in early, earlier than everybody else. You stay late and and you do things, you do something that no one else can do and you do that consistently month after month and then finally you get noticed and you get a promotion or you get headhunted and you get a new job with better pay. That's one of the ways that we can give ourselves a raise. But let's be honest, <laughs> that takes a lot of time and a lot of discipline, and there's things I need right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need an influx of cash right now because there are some necessities that we need to have. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like we all have some necessities. There are some things we need to buy, some things like this, right? Like, okay, this is the megaphone mask, and you know what this is saying? This is saying, I want to be, be conscious of those around me, but I also want to tell them how wrong they are. So I need the megaphone mask. Maybe, maybe you need this. This is a not-today mirror. Because let's be honest, you know, sometimes you look in the mirror and it's like, no, I, I don't want to see the midsection, maybe just the face today. You know what I'm saying? So that's the not-today mirror, you know? So that's, uh, it's, a, it's a necessity. Let's go to the next one. Uh, this is the, the road rage glove. Some of you all need this. You know who you are, okay? Like, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can only, you can raise all the fingers or none of the fingers. And I'm like, he's waving at me really mad. Okay, anyhow, uh, Christmas is coming. Let's go to the next one. It's never too early to start thinking about Father's Day. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, uh, along those lines, you have this other necessity that we need. Uh, this is the stub stopper. Uh, if it's not self-explanatory, let's go to the next picture. There you go, you know, so... <clears throat> Now, come on, we all have things that we need and that we want, but what do we do when we can't afford them? Well, fortunately, we have people like Ursula who comes along, right? And what does Ursula say? Oh, you poor, unfortunate soul. There's things that you need. You know, everyone should have a fairy tale wedding, you know? Um, hey, you deserve to come home after a long day of work and watch, you know, watch the big game on a TV so big it causes seizures, you deserve that. You know, hey, if you don't take your kids to, to Disneyland right now, it, it's like child abuse. So you have to take your kids to Disneyland. And you know what? We can help. We want to help you. And so they say things like this, you know, no payment, no down payment, no payments due until 2021. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, they don't tell you that the whole time you're accruing interest during that time frame, Right. And they'll say, you know, hey, we're going to give you a credit card with a high spending limit. So you can go out and get those things that you want, those things you need. You can go and have them right now. And, and, but what happens, though, what happens when you hit that limit? Well, then you stop spending, right? Are you kidding me? We're Americans. That's unpatriotic. No. What they do is we're going to offer you another credit card with a higher spending limit. And, but what happens when you can't make the payments? No problem. You can just take, you know, the payments from one card and you can transfer the balance to another card and keep doing that back and forth so you can keep buying what you need. Well, what happens when you can't get a credit card anymore? Don't worry, we got you covered because we have payday 
lenders, right? You will get a payday loan where you can go and get a loan on your next paycheck, and they're only going to charge you 40% interest. But, you know, you can have your money today. And then title loans. You know, do you have a car? We can take your car. I mean, we can use your car. Reverse mortgages. We'll just, you know, begin to take the thing you worked your whole life for. Let's, let's slowly start to give it back to the bank. Consolidate, have one lump sum payment and take money out on our home. And before we know it, very quickly, we find ourselves overwhelmed in debt and in payments and finance charges, late fees, and collectors are calling us. And with that comes worry and stress and relational tension. Now, now please hear me. I'm not trying to, to, to pick on anyone or, or to call anyone out because I understand if that's where you're at right now, hey, I understand the fear. I've been there. I understand that scary feeling of, of trying to add everything up and, and the worry that it brings. It's a scary place to be, but here's the thing. I can tell you this. You're not alone. I mean, unfortunately, you're not alone. There are many people that find themselves in this situation. In fact, did some research, found out the average household, the average household debt in the U.S. is 136% of household income. That means on average, the average American is spending 36% more a month than what they take in. Isn't that incredible? The average credit card balance uh, Americans are carrying is around $6,849. That's, that's a credit card debt they're just, we're just carrying from month to month. This one's, this one's gross. A person, typically a person will enter their 20s with around $12,000 in debt. They'll leave their 20s with close to $80,000 in debt. And that's, and that's not a mortgage that we're talking about in most cases. That's credit card debt, car loans, and student loans. Scary place. 55% of U.S. households live paycheck to paycheck, meaning if there was a job loss, we wouldn't have enough money to make our next rent payment. Which, it's no wonder that divorce, still one of the leading causes of divorce in the U.S., is financial arguments and financial stress. 70% of Americans say that is what led to their divorce. And this is where a lot of us are living our lives. This is, this is kind of where we're at. <clears throat> in fact, Scripture has a unique word that kind of describes our relationship with debt. Let's check it out. Proverbs 22, verse 7 says this. It says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is, what's that word? Slave. The borrower is slave to the lender. What it says is ultimately when we get involved with debt, when we, when we tie our hands with debt, we become slaves. I mean, think about it. Just look at the language that's used around debt. Okay, the language that we use, we don't pay our debts, do we? We service debts, right? I mean, even one of the major credit card companies, look at the name, MasterCard, right? What it's saying is, is the retail store has become our master in so many ways, and it's caused slavery. Now, what what is really difficult about all all this and kind of coming to terms with it is the weird thing is, is, is when we start this journey, it doesn't feel anything like slavery at all. Right? Let's, let's be honest. You know, when you got that first credit card and you saw the limit, you saw the amount of money you could spend, it, it felt like freedom, didn't it? It felt like, this is awesome. Like, like, they're giving me all this money. I can buy that thing I want. I can get it right now. I can pay for that repair. I don't have to wait and save up money. I can pay for that repair right now. I can have it immediately. But it catches up with us eventually. I mean, let's just look just a few verses later. In Proverbs 22, let's jump down to verse 
26. He says, do not be one who shakes hands in pledge. It says, it says don't, don't sign on that dot of line. Don't put your name down for that agreement. It says, or, or put up security for debts. Verse 27, if you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. See, this saying, saying that those companies that were so excited to give you credit, they were, they were so quick and ready to give you all these freebies, and, you know, they gave me a baseball cap with the, ta- the name of my favorite team, and their name was on the back. It's so awesome. That's why I signed up for a credit card with them. Thank you, college. <laughs> you know, all these mileage and, and uh, the, the freebie offers, cash back and rewards, but what happens if we hit a bump? If we can't make a payment or the interest becomes too high for us to manage, they will turn on us so quickly. And it says, they'll take your bed. And you might say, well, hey, that would never happen. I would never allow myself to get in so bad or so deep that I would lose my own bed. I mean, come on. Well, it may never get that bad, but I guarantee you they'll take your sleep. They might not take your bed, but they'll take your sleep where you'll get to a point where you're, you're tossing and turning and, and the worry and the stress and what are we going to do and how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to manage all this? What are we going to do? Now, you might be saying, okay, well, hey, I'm not a slave to my credit. I'm not a slave to these people. Like, I, they're not using me. I'm using them. I'm, I'm using them. You know, I'm getting miles, right? Okay, maybe. You know, I, I, you know, I saw an interview with... Um, uh, What's that guy's name? I don't want to say Jimmy Buffett, but Warren Buffett. That's the one. Okay. (laughs) Two totally different people. Now I have the song stuck in my head, but I'm not going to sing it. Um, (laughs) But no, you know, you see an interview with him, and you know, he said, how did he make all his millions? How did Bezos, you know, make his billions? Credit card miles. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. We don't hear that. Rich people, they, they don't make all their money using credit, you know, because the time, by the time you get all the mileage, you'll be so deep in debt, you might, you know, get your plane ticket to Hawaii, but you can't afford a hotel when you get there. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing. Well, I'm not a slave. I'm, I'm managing my debt, okay? But, but let me ask us, us some questions here. Maybe does this sound familiar? Have you ever said anything or thought anything like this? You know, we'd, we'd love to start a family, Man, it'd be so awesome to have another kid, but we just can't afford it right now. You know, we've been praying. I think God is putting an adoption on our heart. We feel like we're supposed to adopt, but the costs are so high. It's so expensive to do that. Our family's growing. We'd love to get into a bigger house. We'd love to spread out and have some more room, you know. We've rented for so long. It's always been a dream to own a house, but we just can't do it right now. You know, we're just not in the right place to do it. I hate my job. Gosh, I just, I hate everything about it. I feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm not doing what I should be doing, and it just drains on me, and I come home, and I feel like it affects my family. And you know what? If I really could have things my way, you know what I would do? I would start my own business. I think that's, a, that's something God has put on my heart. Or you'd say, you know what? I think I'm supposed to be home with the kids. I think, I think that's what God wants me to do. But we need this job. We, we need this job. You know, I really feel like I'm supposed to help that person or God wants me to get involved in this area and, and I have the heart and the skills, but I don't have the time because I have to spend all my time at work to pay for these things, right? When we say these kind of things, you know what we're really saying? We're saying, I don't have the freedom to do what I sense I'm supposed to do. That's bondage. 
That's bondage. See, debt, debt ties our hands and it weighs down our heart. And eventually, you know what happens? We become just like Ariel. Let's throw up that picture. What, what, what does she sign away? Can you read what that says? What is she signing away? To the, to the Ursula the sea witch, one voice for all eternity. See, when we get wrapped up in debt, you know what we're doing? We are giving up of our voice in our life. I'd love to do that. I sense God wants me to do this. I'd like to do that for my family, but I don't have a voice in those decisions because MasterCard has my voice. Visa has my voice. It's bondage. Well, let's just close in prayer because we all feel great right now, don't we? <laughs> like, man, I gave up my Labor Day weekend, came to church, and this is... Okay, fortunately, there's some good news, okay? There is good news. There is an alternative, and we're going to kind of unpack that here in a minute because I want to tell you something. You're like, why are we even talking about this in church? I feel like I'm in a financial seminar. Like, why would the pastor be talking to me about money? It's because your father in heaven loves you so much. He doesn't want you to spend the however many years you have left just in stress and in worry and anxiety and not enjoying everything he's, he's provided for us. He wants you to have peace in your life. That's why we're talking about this, because it's possible, okay? I know maybe it might feel like, how is that possible with everything that's happened, with all the mistakes, with, with all the worry? It's possible, and we're going to show you some ways out this morning, okay? So I want to take the next few minutes and show us how we can get out of debt or stay out of debt, which is really giving yourself a raise, okay? So, and here's what's amazing. The principles we're going to look at this morning, the amazing thing about these principles is the same principles that we use to get out of debt can actually protect you from getting into debt in the first place. So, no matter where you're at, you'd say, well, I've got no debt at all. Like, you know, you're like, you're 18 and you're getting ready to, to go off to college. You know, this, is, this doesn't apply to, pay attention now, okay? Pay attention, talk to some people in this room, they would say, pay attention now, okay? So, we're going to look into these principles, okay? And here's the thing, you don't have to be a big financial genius to, to comprehend these things, okay? Scripture, as we're going to point out, it is so much less about decimals than it is about our decisions, okay? We can begin to make right decisions and move in the right direction, and it can make all the difference. So let's look at the first decision. If you're taking notes, number one is this, choose sacrifice and self-control. Choose sacrifice and self-control. We're going to put a verse on the screen. This is Titus chapter 2, verse 12. You can write this down. The Apostle Paul is talking about the grace of God, and he says, the grace of God, it teaches us to say no to ungodly. Let's, let's practice that. Everybody just turn to your neighbor and say no. All right, that feels good. Like something like, I haven't said that nearly enough. Okay, that is a word that we all need to learn. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. That's that whole idea of I want it, I have to have it, I need it now. He says learn to say no to those things. And it says, it says to live a life of self-control, uh, upright and godly lives in this present age. So sacrifice and self-control, it's kind of like the one-two punch that defeats debt. It's kind of like in the physical, it's like diet and exercise. Like, shoot, I come to church, he's talking about money. Is that talking about diet and exercise? I'm out of here. But think about it. Okay, self-control says no to those donuts that we really want. It says no to those wonderful, creamy, crispy, they're glazed, they're hot, they're fresh. Hey, if you're hungry, you should go to our 1 p.m. service next Sunday because you won't be hungry. Just saying, we'll plug, okay? Okay, see how that works? 
Okay, it teaches us to say no. Okay, self-control says no to the donuts you really want, and yes to the sacrifice that says, you know what, I don't feel like getting up, I'm tired, I don't feel like going to the gym and exercising, but I'm going to do this because it's going to give me the body and the life that I want to have. Okay, sacrifice and self-control. It's, it's choosing short-term sacrifice for long-term enjoyment. We're going to choose short-term sacrifice so we can experience long-term enjoyment. And so many times we get that backwards, don't we? Right? We choose short-term enjoyment and we get long-term sacrifice. Right? Long after that new car smell is gone, we're stuck with long-term sacrifice of those high payments that, you know, supersede the value of the vehicle we're driving around. We're still making payments and the new smell is gone. And here's the thing, that new smell, it's not even real. It's a chemical they sprayed on the cars, okay? <laughs> Do some research. It's true. It's gross, okay? <laughs> but here's what we can do as believers. We can choose to live differently. We're going to say, I'm going to make short-term sacrifice now so I can have long-term enjoyment later. Short-term sacrifice now so I have long-term enjoyment later. It's like Dave Ramsey says, says, if we will live like no one else lives now, then we can live and give like no one else lives later. Okay, if we're willing to make the sacrifice now to say no to some of these desires and, and comparing ourselves with our neighbors and what they have and what they drive and where they live, if we say no now for a short time, we can have those benefits later. So, so what does that look like? Okay, for some of us, it might mean maybe keeping that car that's paid for or staying in a smaller house so your spouse can stay home with the kids. Because that's kind of, that, that, that's something that we want more. Okay, we say, I would really love it for my spouse to be home with the kids. I, I understand every situation is different, but if we're willing to make some sacrifices, okay, we have to weigh these things out. And I know it's not easy, but we can make some considerations. Maybe say, well, cancel the cable. And like, <laughs> I don't use cable. Like, you know, that's such a ripoff. Okay, yes, it is a ripoff, but you have six streaming services that you're paying just as much as you would pay for the cable, right? So maybe you cut one or two of those streaming services and you pay off credit card debt. Okay, maybe it's, it's uh, I'm not going to upgrade my phone or TV this year, and instead I'm going to work less hours so I can spend more time with my family. It's either... I buy that vacation or that thing that I want, and now I have to spend more time at work paying for it and, and less time with my family. I've learned this. You know, I love vacations. I can either, you know, overextend myself and well, I'm going to have this family vacation. It'll be so much fun spending time with the kids. And then the next six months, I'm spending no time with the kids because I'm paying for the vacation. <laughs> Short-term enjoyment. Long-term sacrifice. Okay, maybe it's, it's packing a lunch. It's, it's ditching DoorDash, okay? Some of y'all, we need to ditch DoorDash. It's so convenient. It's so great. I can get McDonald's. Something's going to kill me. It's only half a block away. Deliver right to my house. It's amazing. Walk to McDonald's and then walk past. And then you'll be healthier physically and financially. <clears throat> But here's the thing, though. Researchers have found that just by packing a lunch and, and, you know, instead of going out, just taking a, a brown bag, if you do that, they found this, that over the lifetime of your career, just doing that alone could save you around $100,000. Isn't that amazing? See, if we want to have what no one else has, we have to be willing to do what no one else does. No one else is bringing their lunch to work. No one else is driving an older car. No one else is doing these things. 
But maybe you'll get to a point in your life where it's like, no one else has the kind of peace you have. No one else has the, the kind of marriage that you have, the, the relationship with your kids that you have. If we want to live like no one else is living, if we don't want to just be another statistic, then we have to do the things that no one else is doing, sacrifice and self-control. Okay, number two, decision point number two is commit to planning. Commit to planning. Now, let's be honest. Some of you hear me saying this. The thought of sitting down and looking at your finances, opening up the books, opening up the spreadsheet, and looking at your, your finances, and if you're married with your spouse, <laughs> like, like you would rather get a root canal, you know what I'm saying, than, than sit down and doing that, right? It, it, it's painful, okay? But listen to what Proverbs says about this. Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent leads to prosperity. See, there's only two choices, prosperity or poverty. And no choice is a choice. Right? We want to just think, we we'll just close our eyes and just ignore it and not pay attention to it. I'll pay attention to my finances when I get that little notification buzz on my phone that says I've overdrafted six times. Then I'll pay attention. That's, that's not a good financial plan. Okay? We can either have profit or poverty. We can either watch our money disappear and wonder where it went, or we can, um, or we can tell it where to go. It's like this. Dave Ramsey says this, and I'll be honest. Okay, I think he's got some good tools, good guy. I'm not one of those people that thinks Dave Ramsey is like the fourth member of the Trinity. Okay, he's got some good stuff. Okay, but do your own financial planning. But some good principles here. But check, check this out. He says, anyone can wander into debt, but no one wanders out of it. That takes a plan, right? That is so true. Anyone, come on, it is so easy to wander into debt. Like, like you receive a card in the mail. It's like, oh, sweet, I got a credit card. We just wander into debt, okay? You're at school here. We'll give you a duffel bag if you sign up for this credit card. Woo, I got a duffel bag. You know, you're at the checkout line. We'll take 30% off your purchase, and, and then you're going to spend thousands of dollars. They, they, they know what it's a plan, okay? They, they, don't, they understand how interest works, and they use it. If we could understand how interest works and use it the other way, we'd be miles and miles ahead. Okay, so let me give you just some ideas for a plan. Okay, number one is this. Make a, a budget. Okay, sorry, I had a hard time even spitting that out because some of you, like, you don't like that word budget. That's like a dirty word, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we don't want to do that. It's a scary word to do that because we resist it because we fear that having a budget is going to tell us, well, you can't do that and you can't afford that, right? It tells us all the things that we can't do. But, but it's like this. Imagine, and I know not a lot of people carry cash anymore, but imagine you were to go to your wallet and you look inside and there should be a certain amount, but you're missing a 20. What would you, you would freak out. Like, what happened to 20? You'd go looking around for it. It's amazing how we do that with physical cash. And yet, in the rest of our finances, we can be being completely ripped off by finance charges and interest and paying for things we have no idea what they are, right? Our, our, our wealth just disappears and we don't even see it. Because here's the thing, I don't know about you, but I've never had a company call me up and say, hey, guess what? Uh, we've been accidentally charging the wrong interest rate for the last four months. We want to give that money back to you. That never happens. It happens when I call them and ask about it, right? So we have to pay attention to these things. A budget, a budget is so that you know where your money's going, and when you know where it's going, you can tell it what to do. Okay? When you know, when we know where it's going, then we get to tell it what to do. 
Another tool is this. It's reducing our debt. And there's another tool uh, I want to show you. Check this video out. When I was a kid growing up, I used to love being out in the snow, playing in it, having snowball fights, building snowmen, whatever. Now, as any kid can tell you, there are two ways to build a snowman. You can grab handfuls of snow, build him from the ground up like a nincompoop, or you can roll a small snowball around the yard and before you know it, voila, snow torso, then lather, rinse, repeat, and add two sticks and a carrot. Dave Ramsey's philosophy of the debt snowball works on the same principle. You can try to eliminate your debt handfuls at a time, or you can allow your debt payments to snowball and you can beat your debt down like that pleated high water wearing clarinet player after gym class. Here's how it works. Step one is to find $200 in your budget that isn't designated for anything. How will you find $200? That's entirely up to you. Sell something, sell anything you don't need, like your weightlifting set or your monogram Paula Deen diabetes baking kit. Maybe you need to eliminate your cable TV, dining out, or your 450 a day morning dose of price gouging, disappointingly tasteless caffeine. Now that you have that, your next step is to list all your debts in increasing order of how much you owe. In this example, we have 450 owed to Lowe's for the new grill that you just had to have. 650 for Target for your shoes, your belt, and your purse, the essential matching set, and your flat screen TV. Then there's a 1600 you owe to your parents for that time your transmission went out on your sweet vintage 98 Accord, and so on. Make a list of all the debts you have, lowest to highest. The next step is where the snowball starts. We're going to pay the minimum payment on all the debts for now, except the one with the smallest balance. For the Lowe's card, we'll pay the minimum payment of $50 plus the $200 that we found. So guess what? After two months of paying $250, your Lowe's debt is gone. Next, we'll take that $250 you were paying Lowe's and snowball into the minimum payment of your Target card. So now we are paying $280 a month and after a couple more months, just like magic, your Target card is paid off. You continue this process each time, snowballing your old payments into your new payments like Buddy the Elf. And before long, all your debts are gone. Now, an important thing to note is that during this process, you have to keep the snowball rolling for it to work. So no matter how much you love that new Urban Outfitters overpriced dress or the toolbox, or that new TV to replace the one you smashed in in a fit of anger after stupid Kobe missed that stupid game-winning free throw after, oh my goodness, why do the Lakers suck so bad this year? You have to wait. The debt snowball is the fastest, most effective way to tackle a lot of debt and pay it off quickly. Using the examples we had, if you were to pay the minimum balance on all the loans you had, it would take you 120 months before the debt was paid. That is 10 years. 10 years of playing Jean Valjean to the bank's inspector Javert. But if you use the debt snowball, you can have all these debts paid off in just 21 months. That's less than two years. That's 99 more months of freedom. And additionally, if you take that $1,100 that you were snowballing and invest it at 8% interest for those 99 months, you'd have $153,000. So let's do this like Pastor used to do. Take the debt, roll it up, and smoke it. They're talking about Pastor Eli, just so we're clear. Uh, 
I don't have a microphone to drop. Um, so isn't that amazing? How that works and how that can work for us. And I just want to say, there's not just only one right way to do this. There are multiple ways. Find a way. It's just like diet and exercise. It's the way that you're going to be consistent with, the way that, that works, okay? So choose that. Uh, we have these resources available on our website. I want to encourage you to go to the website and check those things out. Um, uh, all the links are right there, so you can check that out. And then there's also a link for finding a Financial Peace University class in our area, or you can even do one, you know, in person or on, online. I encourage you to check that out. But let me just, let's break this down for just a second, okay? Let's look at this one more time. Remember we said the average American is carrying $6,849 in debt, in credit card debt? Well, think about this. If you were to make just the minimum payment of $137 a month at 18% interest, how long would it take you to pay it off? 35 years. 35 years, and it would cost you ultimately over $26,000. Now let's look at it another way. If you were to take that, that same amount of money, that lump sum of $6,849, and invest it at 12% interest for 30 years, do you know what you would have at the end? 100, or sorry, uh, $361,000 and more. Isn't that amazing? Okay, now, now let's take that same scenario, but let's add that monthly minimum payment of $137 for 35 years. You know what you have? $1.1 million. Isn't that crazy? Now, I know some of you are doing the math already, like, like well, I wish I would have known that 35 years ago. Like, I don't have 35 years of work left. <laughs> if you just take 15 years and do that, you'd have well over $100,000 for retirement, okay? Talk about an incredible raise that we could have. Imagine what we could do with that kind of financial freedom, okay? Because really, that's what it's about. It's about freedom. It's, about, it's not having our, our hands tied by debt. It's not having our heart weighed down. Think about what we could do in our community and in our world. We could do incredible things with that, kind, that type of financial freedom, but let's, let's get selfish here for a second. Let's not even think about our world. Let's just think about our own lives. What, think about the stress that would be alleviated if we, if we had that kind of freedom. Okay, think about, for some, your health would be, be so much better if you had that type of freedom. Our marriages would be healthier and stronger. Some of you, for some, there's something that God has put in your heart, and the only thing that's holding you back right now is money. There's something that God wants you to chase down. There's something he wants you to do. For some, it's starting a business. For others, it's starting a ministry. For others, it's staying home and being with your kids. It's pouring into your grandkids. And the only thing that stopped me from chasing that thing down is money. You owe it to yourself to take some time and to make some choices. For some, it's, it's making a difference in the life of your kids. Okay, you need to do this for your kids because you say, you know what? Hey, the way I was growing up, we never talked about money. You know, my parents never educated me on these things. You know, I had to just fight and scrimp and save for everything. You can make it different for your kids. They don't have to have the same hardships, your kids or your grandkids that you had. You can send them down a different path with a whole different perspective. Your financial life could be different two years from now than it is today. But it starts with making some choices, some decisions, okay? I mean, what if we were just to tell ourselves no for now? I'm going to choose short-term sacrifice for long-term enjoyment. I'm going to choose short-term sacrifice for long-term peace. We're not going to be slaves to pieces of paper any longer. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life servicing debt. I want to serve God with everything that I have. Because a card is not my master. 
Jesus is. Let's pray. Father God, I recognize that talking about this is, is so much easier than it is to be doing it. And, and God, I, rec- I wrestle with the same, the same financial situations that everyone in this room does. God, I pray that you would show us how to respond to this message. Lord, for those that feel hopeless, for those that have hit difficult times, God, that can't see a way out, God, I pray that you would show us that, God, with you, you can do the impossible. As we lean into you, God, as we take that next right step, God, you come alongside of us and you do miracles. You honor our hearts, God, when we take those steps. I pray you'd show us, God, how to respond. As we're praying this morning, maybe you're here and, and you're just tired of the stress and the worry and the arguments and God is speaking to your heart. Today is the day to make a change. Today is the day to make a decision. Well, I don't know what that small decision looks like for you. Maybe it's, it's going home and getting online and, and, and looking up some of those tools that we have for you. It's sitting down and, and, and writing a budget or just tracking your spending for the, the next month and just seeing where it's going and then making some choices together so that things are different. Whatever it looks like, I encourage you to take that step. But if, if you want help, we'd love to talk with you. We'd love to help you get into a financial peace university class and help you make those decisions. So encourage you to, to look into those things. And as I said, you know, some of you are you're wondering, well, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this in church? It's because you have a, a Father in heaven who loves you so much. He doesn't just, he doesn't only care about your eternal life. He also cares about your everyday life. He wants your next 30, 40, 50 years to not be weighed down with stress and arguments and, 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 and all this conflict. He wants you to experience peace and joy. That's why he gives us these teachings in the Bible. Maybe you're here this morning, you never realized that God cared about that aspect of your life. You thought he was just waiting for you to make a mistake. You thought he just had all this list of rules and regulations. It's because he cares. He loves you. And he wants you to experience peace in this life. I want to give you an opportunity to say, I've never really committed my life to God. I've kind of, I've kind of added God onto my life. I may have gone to church and I believe some of the stuff, but I've never fully said, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow you and what you teach. I'm going to just going to commit my whole life. I'm all in. I want to give you an opportunity today. If that's you, you'd say, I want to be all in. I want this God who loves me so much, he would, he would discuss these things. I want him to lead and guide my entire life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you just raise your hand and put it down. I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to make you stand up. You'd say, I need to commit my life to Jesus. You just raise your hand and put it down. Well, if I didn't see your hand, I'd love to talk with you in the service. We'll have members of our prayer team here in the front. They would love to, to pray with you over anything at all. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our community. And where we just echo the words, we echo the words of the song earlier. God, we say, would you start with me? God, would you start with us? Lord, what, what needs to happen in this nation as we look at some of the difficulties with our finances and, and everything that's happening? God, we say, would you start with me? Would you begin to work in my heart? God, would you show me how to make the changes that I need to make? I lean on you. In Jesus' name.